The following episode was recorded at SmileCon 2023. Welcome to Dental Dilemmas, brought to you by the ADA Council on Ethics, Bylaws, and Judicial Affairs, and I am your host, Ansley Depp. Today, we are live at SmileCon, and I am super excited <laughs> to be interviewing Dr. Arnell Wright. <laughs> Dr. Wright, welcome to Dental Dilemmas. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and where you practice? Okay. I am from Winter Haven, Florida. I graduated from the University of Florida, so I'm a true Floridian, which is rare. I am practicing right here in Orlando, Florida, where SmileCon's being hosted. Awesome. And why did you select dentistry as your career path? Um, oh, we're just going to jump right on in, are oh, yeah, we? Okay. We are. <laughs> I love it. So I, I selected dentistry because, for one, growing up, I actually did not have a lot of dental care, believe it or not. Um, like my family, we were just really trying to survive. And so when I finally did get to go to the dentist, it was such a pleasant experience that I then began to see myself helping people the way that the dentist had helped me and not only me, but helped my family, if that makes sense. So that is my why. Now, I will say that I believe my purpose has now shifted now that I'm in the profession. And that might be a topic for another day. Yeah. But I do believe that we evolve and then we realize that we are connected to a different purpose. And you have a very, I think, engaging backstory. Thank you. So can you share with the listeners a little bit about your backstory? Because I mm -hmm. think it's 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 inspiring. Okay. Yeah. So let me start with the resistance I experienced mm -hmm. as it relates to getting into dental school, right? So that was such a process. It's a process for everyone. But for me, being first generation college student, first one in my family to go to college, get a degree, then I ended up getting a master's and then there was dental school. So at each touch point in my academic career, I applied. So as an undergrad, I applied and I was just fresh out the gate. I just didn't know what I didn't know. Right. Oh, yeah. And so I kind of just went into it just so blind. And when I look back, I'm just like, ah, duh, of course you should know this. You know what I mean? But when I look forward or even when I reflect on how I've grown Throughout those times, I realized it was all for a reason, you know. So I get into dental school and I start tackling this career and this dream that I had had for some time. And, you know, the rest is history. Here I am at mm -hmm. SmileCon hosting mm -hmm. um, or I should say being the live correspondent. But, yeah, I mean, we, we, we can break it down just as we go along in the yeah. conversation. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, let's talk about that. Okay. You've established yourself as a yeah. podcast host, yeah. an Instagram influencer, ah. a blogger, oh my God. a dental coach, <laughs> a speaker, <laughs> so much more. I, I know it. you're a wife and a yes. mother to two, plus you're doing daily dentistry. I'm sure all our listeners now are going, wow, mm -hmm. how do you find the time for all that? I Okay, finding the time. Let's see. That's a great question. I make time and I also have a very strong support system. So I have learned how to manage my time fairly well. I will say that sometimes I'm just like, okay, 
I've said yes to way too much. Mm -hmm. However, back to the purpose piece. I'm such a visionary and I'm very future focused and I'm always just projecting towards the future. So I'm always thinking about, okay, how can I just be my best? How can I grow? How can I elevate? How can I be an example for those that are behind me and really pass that torch? And with that, I have to actually say yes to certain things so that I can walk through those doors and so that I can, you know, chart the course or I can be on that journey. And then it's when I can look back and I can reach back and pull forward. Does that make sense? No, 100 <laughs> percent. I get this question, too. You know, why are you doing this? Yeah. Why are you doing this? And and sometimes I just want to say somebody has to do exactly. these things. Yeah. And it's so easy to turn around and say, oh, it can be that person. Yeah. But somebody's got to be that person. Someone has to be that, that person. Somebody has to step up. Yeah. And I tell my students, I really try to pound this hard. I'm mm-hmm. like, it's super easy to look next door mm-hmm. and say, I'll let them do it. Yes. But realize that that person is also saying, I'll, I'll let, let them, them do exactly. it. So if not me, then, then who? who? Exactly. So yes. that leads me into, you are so involved as a new dentist. <laughs> yes. And a lot of the new dentists say they don't have time. Right, right, right. So tell us how you got started and involved with that. So you know what? I have to give props to my institution. UF, they really, really taught us to join organized dentistry. And I listened when I first exited out of dental school and I started practicing I was just a member and I shouldn't say just a member, but Mm -hmm. I just got involved. I paid my dues. And, you know, as when you graduate, the first year is complimentary. Yeah, (laughs) I think I'm correct on that. Complimentary. I I, I should know. Yeah, a couple years, I think. (laughs) Yeah. So um, or at least the fees are like very, very reduced. And so I was a dues paying member and I would just show up to meetings. And once I would attend some of the meetings, there was one of my colleagues who approached me and said, I have just the job for you. I think that you are going to do great. And I was about three years out at that time. I'm six years out now. So this is a perfect example of someone being like a sponsor, an ally, a mentor. Exactly. Someone knowing what you're capable of doing and then saying, I am going to pull you in. And that's exactly how it started. I mean, that was just my foot in the door. And then floodgates just opened after that. Well, and that's important to say because we as members or even me as a senior member need to step up and get the young people involved. And you're right. It takes us yes. to ask somebody else yes. to do that. And so I was put on the spot and I was just like, yeah, <laughs> I, I said, yeah, they were it, it started off as editor at my affiliate organization, right? Dental Society of Greater Orlando. I served as the editor and they were just like, you already pretty much write and do all these articles with your blog. So they knew the commonality and they knew what my strengths were. They saw it, they tapped into it. And then uh, here we are today. That's amazing. Yeah. And really, really good points for yeah. all of us as members to yep. to look for that yep. too. Yep. So I know um, mm-hmm. I've heard uh-huh. that you love to talk about why you chose your practice modality and okay. how you practice. So okay. tell us one why you chose to practice in a large group practice. Okay. And two, what does your day look like? Okay, so that's a great question. So for all of our listeners out there, I am working in also what's what we commonly call a DSO. Mm-hmm. So a dental service or a dental support organization. And this is my second DSO. My first one, I worked there for about four years. So the first four years. And then now I've been at my current office for, or my current organization for about two, two and a half years because I'm, I'm in my six, six and a half year, right? And it all started because I had my son, my first son, 
during senior year of, oh, of wow. dental school, right? So I got pregnant. It was like my senior year was about to graduate, sure. had finished all my requirements. I thought I was going to go into pedo. And I was like, okay, well, we're having a baby. Yep. So we need to go yep. change that up real yep. quick. And so I was like, I need to go to work and help my hubby out because my husband, he's a trauma ICU nurse. And I just want to take a moment, give him an amazing shout out because that man if it were not for him, all of the things that you guys see me doing, like having that support, that's really how I make it happen. So I just want to just plug him. And right. I always take an opportunity to honor him when I have to have the chance. So back to the story. I started working. I needed to work. And so I went into my practice. I was just doing general dentistry and I wanted to expand. And that's what led me to my new DSO, which is where I place mainly implants. I do dentures. Yeah. And so I still do some general dentistry, but I'm taking the time to learn all of implantology. I'm going through credentialing and I really just want to elevate myself in that space and just be really, really great at one thing, if that makes sense. So that gave you an avenue to learn yes. and to kind of yes. develop the way you wanted to develop. Yes. Yes. And and I have been able to just garner so much knowledge, have so many relationships with my clinical directors, with people up in the C-suite of these corporations, right. just sharing ideas. And it has elevated me as a leader, as a clinician and really as a person. Well, that's awesome. Well, you have a compelling backstory, which yes. we kind of touched on yes. a little bit. Is there anything else you want to tell our listeners about how you kind of got into dentistry? Yes. And like the things that drive me, right? Yes, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. I can talk about that. So there are a lot of things that drive me. I come from humble beginnings, as I mentioned earlier. And at certain time periods of my life, that background drove me to get to a certain point, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I kind of pull from that background. Then right now, I'm I'm a wife. I'm a mom. So what's driving me right now is my family, my children, my boys, seeing their mom just do all of the things, if you will. That just gives them an example. I really feel like, and I've said this uh, often on social media, I feel as though I've been called to be a conduit or a catalyst for other people. And so... Being that example for my children is the one thing that keeps me going. You know what I mean? No, you're yeah. preaching my language. <laughs> Nobody can see us, but we're, I'm like nodding my head. Yes. I'm like about ready to start singing. You yeah. know? No, 100%. I totally get that. Yeah, I, wa I really want to. I do want to make this one point. As it relates to my boys, they have a completely different upbringing than mm -hmm. what I had. And so I kind of had to figure it out. But I want to give them a clear pathway to success. I want to really really, really chart that territory and give them options. Because to be honest with you, I don't feel like I had very many options, if that makes sense. And I'll, I'll kind of break it down. Once I went to school, to college, and I decided that I wanted to be a dentist, I was like, I need to be a dentist. Mm -hmm. I've taken out all this debt. I have this master's right. degree. I, I started teaching. And to be quite honest, a lot of times we don't really talk about the reward from a financial perspective of going into this career. And so it wasn't until I was in the profession that I realized that I needed to do this because now, you know, with student mm -hmm. loans, student debt, we're going to be covering a lot of that in multiple avenues and multiple platforms throughout SmileCon. But I really just want to show my children, show those that are behind me in the next generation what it's like to be an entrepreneur, that it's OK to be multi-passionate. It's OK to put all of your skills to use and to be great at it, yeah. you know. So 
That was a long version. <laughs> no, but I love it. Thank well, you. you brought up social media okay. and I watch you on Instagram. No, thank you. And you're very involved on there. And uh-huh. this wouldn't be an ethics podcast if I didn't ask you some ethical yes. questions. So have you ever been confronted with an ethical dilemma through your social media <laughs> status or anything? Can you tell us anything? Yeah, I can. So so there was never an ethical dilemma. Let me just explain the story and All then right, we'll let the listeners decide if that was an ethical dilemma uh-huh. or not. Okay. So listeners were leaning on you. There was a time when I was about two years out. So I had a patient who came into the office and there was a patient who was from another office. That office happened to be closed. My office happened to be open on that day. We took the patient as a courtesy. It's like, you know, patient sharing. We're like, all right, well, you need to have this crown seated. But then when I went to go seat the crown, the crown wouldn't seat. So the margins were open. And I'm like, well, I cannot seat this crown. That And that was bad news. And we have to deliver bad news to patients all the time. And this is this is something that does make our job really, really hard. In that moment, the patient became very upset. Like, I drove all the way over here. You know what I mean? And like, I understand there's that humanity part where you want to be empathetic. You want to understand their situation. But then there's also the humanity part where it's just like sometimes the patients, they go off the charts on you, right? And that's actually what happened. And from there, the patient didn't stop there. They took it to social media. They wrote a review. Mm. They wrote that same review on my Instagram page. They found me on Instagram. Yes, yes. They found me on Instagram on all of my platforms. Let's just talk about it. And this was in the wee hours of the night, right? They found friends that I followed copied and pasted the thing there. I I know you believe it. It, It's unbelievable, right? I know. Yes. So I don't know if that's necessarily an ethical dilemma. But the thing about it is, I will say whoop whoop to my tribe because my tribe was like, who is this person? Nope. No, ma'am. You know, delete, delete, block, block, block. And so from that, I don't even know if there's anything that I could have done differently or better because on the one hand, it's like you want to take care of the patient. But then on the other hand, you have to take care of the patient by being ethical and the margins were open and I cannot seat those margins. That's just it. So in essence, I took care of her. You see what I'm saying? No, you, you, (laughs) this is what I preach to my students. Sometimes we come up with literal ethical dilemmas. Yeah. Your ethical dilemma was, do I risk a bad review? Yes. Or do I be ethical and do what I needed to do? And I think you chose the right route. Yeah. But you bring that up. You know, there are some ethical challenges in these social media platforms. And is there a platform you don't use (laughs) because of that? Um, uh, Let's see. You know what? I've been hesitant to jump on. So Snapchat, I don't even know if it's still really a thing. Yeah. I don't either. I'm a little old. I kind of feel you're you're not old. You're seasoned. You're good. You're seasoned. Yes. Okay. Seasoned with salt. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Does that mean I'm going to be cured? Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> so funny. So so Snapchat, if it's still a thing, but I do know some people who still use Snapchat very regularly. And really TikTok. I'm still trying to figure mm-hmm. out TikTok, to be honest with you. I'm like, do I want to be on there dancing in my mind? And when, when you said influencer earlier, I was like, oh, like mm-hmm. I just always clam up when I hear that. But I'm trying to work on owning it. But as it relates to TikTok, I'm just always worried if I have to dance or if it's just going to make me look like I'm not able to be taken as serious. So that's the thing. That's the hesitation that I have with TikTok. I know that it's becoming an amazing search engine. I know that influencers are really rising to the top on TikTok or there there was a, like a big wave of it. Mm-hmm. 
but I've just been hesitant to jump on because I, I, well, for one, I don't have time to to cut and edit videos from dancing. I just don't. So, <laughs> yeah, I get it. But I want to tell you, I think you as an influencer does not necessarily mean anything negative because yeah, you're I also that. using that as an influence for the positive. Yeah, I appreciate that. And that brings me into your passion project. Okay. BBYB. Yes. Tell us what that means okay. and tell us about how that got started. Okay, so let's talk about BBYB. So that is being and becoming your best. I love it. So I have always had a passion for personal growth, right? I just have not been able to escape it for the life of me. And I have started to lean into the value of personal growth always evolving to the next level, to the next level. Not in a way where you're unsatisfied, but in a way that you're unsatisfied. You know what I mean? It pushes you. Yeah, it pushes you to that next level. You realize that there's just so much more in you. And so Being and Becoming Your Best is a pretty much a personal growth and development group where I encourage women, leaders in healthcare to really foster healthy work cultures. And the way that we do that is by starting with ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so I realized it, it, it was probably within the last two, two and a half years that when I, as a leader of the practice, when I am well and when I am feeling good and when I'm elevating and just reaching for always challenging myself to be my best, Mm -hmm. that I bring that to work and I lead from that place with my patients. But when I'm grumpy or when I'm just feeling unfulfilled, all of those things, I also lead with that. You're right. You know what I mean? You're and right. so that also trickles down to the staff. It does. It trickles down to the patients. They feel it. They sense it. They recognize it. So I just have been pouring my heart and soul into BBYB. I'm really developing it slowly. So I have some coaching programs. I have some courses that... I teach one of them is called create the culture and create is an acronym. So we walk through. I know. I know. I love. Acronyms. Yeah, I love acronyms. Oh, oh my God. Look, BBYB, create the culture. Yeah. Listen, love them. <laughs> yeah. So I can just go on and on about it. It's just a really good place for me to kind of plant roots and just build from the ground up. Well, I love it. And I could not agree more with the culture <laughs> yeah. in your office being so important. Yeah. So do you set goals for yourself? Are there Ooh, any yeah. goals that you can share with our listeners yes. and how you go about pursuing them? Okay. So to directly answer your question, do I set goals? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I am like that list maker. So Q4 of each year is when I start thinking about my goals. So it's kind of like the beginning of the year for me. You right. know what I mean? Like no, yeah. I want to be in full stride when January comes because I always say, and I learned this from another Instagram account I've been following for the past couple of years. The, she says, there's nothing special about January 1st. So everybody wants to kickstart their goals on January 1st. Right. And so I'm like, well, I want to have some runway because I need time to think. Oh, so, yeah. So what I do is in October, I just kind of get quiet. I start dreaming. I start thinking and reflecting on what has gone well over the past nine months. Is there a one big push that I can still make in Q4? What needs improvement? What has a strike through? what should not be on the list anymore. So that's where I really start. I start from a place of reflection to see what I've accomplished. And then I move forward to see if I want to keep certain things on my list or if I want to nick it and then think about it at another time. And then I say, all right, what steps can I take in order to get to that end goal? Yeah. So, you know, dentistry is all about reverse engineering. 
Yeah. So goal setting for me is also about reverse engineering. So if you begin with the end in mind, that's like one of my favorite habits from seven habits of highly effective people. And you just take that goal and then you work your way backwards. So that's one of the ways that I approach my goals. Very, very (laughs) good information. for Thank you. Thank you. Well, as we begin to wrap up, let's say, what do you think being an ethical dentist? What does that mean to you? What would you tell our listeners? How would you apply the ADA code? beneficence, mm-hmm. justice, veracity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How would you apply that? What does it mean? You know what? So back to my woo-woo stage, you got, <laughs> you know I'm very, very woo-woo. So I really feel that we don't listen to our guts enough. We hit the ignore button too much. And so I feel like ethics is one of those things where you either have it or you don't. You know, it's like integrity, what you do when no one's watching. Because your patients, they don't necessarily know. It's our job to educate them. And then it's our job to perform the procedure and to perform it correctly or to self-assess and make changes. So to me, those are all steps that you can take to be ethical. You know what I mean? So if something doesn't seem right or if, if something just isn't right, just say that it isn't right. Or I like to improve on this or you know what I mean? There's certain language I think that we can use. But I think the first thing is just starting with our gut and just knowing, okay, listening to our gut. If our gut tells us, okay, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't do that. With dentistry, we have multiple options. So if if a patient comes to you, you might prescribe or recommend one thing and they come to me, it's going to be something completely different possibly, right? And even if you have that initial diagnosis or treatment plan, if it just doesn't feel like the right thing that you're supposed to do, then it's, don't do it. it you may, know what it's I mean? It's probably not right. Yeah. If it doesn't yeah. feel right, it's, it's probably, probably not right. right. Well, I want to thank you for being yes. here. I know you are moving on. Yes. you got lots of stuff to do today. Yes. A final note about this episode, please see the show notes for a link to Dr. Wright's website. Yes. And please stay tuned for future episodes. Thank you. Can I leave with your listeners? Absolutely. I want to give them some direction. When you go to the site, it's beingandbecomingyourbest.com. And then if you want to do backslash, it's beingandbecomingyourbest.com backslash smart goals or being and becoming your com slash free guide. Those are just some things. I have a free guide that's called leadership is more than a title. I really love just to talk about that. And then I have a smart goals course that I launched recently. You are a busy girl. I <laughs> yes, am I so am. grateful for you for sitting down with us for a few Thank minutes you. and enjoy the rest of SmileCon. Thank you. Remember to keep ethics at the forefront of your daily practice and stay tuned as Seabjed decodes dental dilemmas. This is your host, Ansley Depp, signing off.